Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody. Uh, sadly, uh, well, for us, sadly, uh, Donnie Sturgis will not be here tonight. He is uh, off celebrating his birthday for the whole week. His birthday is tomorrow, so happy birthday, Donnie. Um, yes, happy birthday, here, but Donnie. Yeah, he'll be back next week for sure, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, but before we get into that, I've got my producer, Alfred Crane, on here. How are you doing, Alfred? Doing great, Jonathan. Hello, everybody. All right. Um, and we also got our special guest uh, who's back. Um, I guess he's a recurring guest now uh, uh, from uh, the Kevin Smith show that we had earlier. Please welcome... Rick Weaver. How you doing, Rick? Hey, guys. What's going on? How are you? Good. Good. Um, Rick has uh, got a YouTube show called Down to Movie, uh, so you guys all should check that out. We'll, we'll probably pump it again later tonight. Um, but I guess tonight, uh, how this all like kind of got to get started was I was running, you know, thinking of ideas of what to do, and I requested uh, TGIF like a TGIF thing. And uh, Rick wanted to do that show because he was obsessed with Boy Meets World, which I'm obsessed with it too. So I feel the same way. Um, and uh, I was like, all right, well, that would be cool. Uh, and then I could do other TGIF shows. I know I want to do step-by-step Step next uh, next month. So uh, I was thinking, you know, we'll do Boy Meets World. Um, and there's a lot to talk about. So uh with, I wanted to kind of go over the background of, like, uh, the show. And uh, basically, the show was created by Michael Jacobs and um, I think it was uh, April Kelly. Um, and both of those, uh, I think they're the creators also on, on Girl Meets World as well. Um, but basically, they came up with this concept of, uh, like, a family concept uh, with two kids, uh, you know, Corey and Sean. We're best friends. We're dealing with um, just growing up in high school, or not high school. It was a uh, middle school to begin with, and it starts off in middle school, and then kind of see them grow up each year um, a little bit. So Michael Jacobs who, uh, was most known at that particular time for stuff like I think he had done the Dinosaur Show. Um, he had done Charles in Charge, My Two Dads, uh, a ton of different shows. And, um, you know, this was basically his real big breakout um, show that was the one. Well, I guess Charles in Charge is pretty pretty much a breakout as well. Um, but these two were, like, his biggest um, stuff. So, um, basically, the show kind of got started. Uh, ben Savage was the brother of, of uh, Fred Savage and uh, kind of launched his career as well as uh, Danielle Fischel, who's only supposed to be there for one 
uh, like one season maybe or something, you know, and uh, not really even much of a, you know, character. Uh, Topanga kind of became a um, role. So, all right, I don't want this all to be all about me talking about everything. So, um, I guess let's all start by talking about um, how did we kind of get into the show. So I know Rick, you are you know you're a lover of the show. What what got you into the show? Well, I mean, when the show started, I was nine years old, so it was obviously, you know, a little ahead of where I was in my life as they start out in middle school. But um, the the big thing that I latched on to watching the show is the show was based in Philadelphia. And I live in a suburb of Philadelphia and have lived in that area my entire life. So that was one of the things that stuck out. Like Corey was always wearing a Philadelphia Phillies hat. They would mention, you know, the Phillies and the Eagles on the show. So that was the big thing for me. Um, you know, I watched the other shows on TGIF, you know, Full House, Step-by-Step, uh, Step, Family Matters, and then, you know, the stuff that came after that. But, you know, I was a curly-headed boy, and Corey Matthews was a curly-headed boy. So I kind of just, you know, it went from there, you know. I, I related to the show a lot. So, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I grew up with it. You know, I watched it from when it started to when it ended. You know, I was 16 when it ended. So it was part of my childhood and teenage life. And so, yeah. All right. Um, So, Alfred, you're not as big into it. Like, you never really watched the show growing up. But you were probably familiar with it, right? Um, On the periphery, I had some friends... Um, who had mentioned it or just seen it advertised on TV, but um, I haven't watched it, but I watched some clips um, today, some best of clips. It seemed pretty funny and witty, and it reminded me of, like, I think every generation has their coming-of-age shows, which are very important in their development, and some of mine were, like, Silver Spoons and Different Strokes. A family ties, and of course reruns of the Brady Bunch that that all seem to be centered around a couple of people having witty banter for their age, having misadventures, and and um, um, I think that there's an attraction for that for people to relate to different things going on in their lives through the television and make a connection, and then through that connection working with you know, growing up and you grow up with other people, you have something common to talk about and enjoy. And it was relatively successful for it to last as long as it has. And and you mentioned Charles in Charge. I watched that all the time. I, it was mm-hmm. just a different time for me. I started to slowly migrate out of shows like this in the late 80s. But um, um, the clips I saw today were pretty funny. I have to admit, thanks for recommending that. But that's some of my thoughts on it. And in the field, it looks definitely early nineties with you know, just the technology <laughs> and the sets and the and the cinematography. I mean there's definitely a, an early nineties nostalgic feel to it watching um those clips. For sure. And um yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there saying it uh like there are certain shows that have that kind of feel um see i grew up 
uh, on TGIF. Like that was that was my jam. So like every Friday I watched TGIF. Every Saturday with Nick. Um, that was kind of what I was kind of used to. And um, Friday, you know, there's the what's known as the Friday night lineup, and uh, they kind of made fun of it uh, in Boy Meets World. Do you remember that, Rick? They actually like had a had a joke up, and it was pretty much just making fun of Boy Meets World, like poking fun at itself, but like they were talking about how like Boy Meets World was basically being pushed to 9.30, the 9.30 slot, uh, because they were trying to kill the show, they thought. Do you remember that bit? Like with the baby I do vaguely remember that. Yeah, I, I know a lot of it. For most of its time, it was at 9, right? Like legitimately? Yeah. I think, I yeah. think the way that it was was no, I think it. I think it became. I know it became nine thirty. I remember that because um, the way I always remember it: Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, then Boy Meets World. So Boy Meets World was always nine thirty. I think, you know. Okay. Um, or, yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess part of me thought that the Full House transition was right before. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, that's obviously I, something I could, I could, be, I could up, be wrong but, too. Uh, the way I remember it, and obviously, you know, it was like Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, and then it was like Sister, Sister, and Hanging with Mr. Cooper, but I think that was after Full House got canceled or ended, which was like 94, 95. Right. So it might have been like um, 930 initially, Boy Meets World, the first season or so. Yeah, definitely, because 93 was when Boy Meets World came came to be. So it was part of the the Friday night lineup. I mean, everybody always watched those shows, and it was one of those kind of TV shows where everybody would talk about it, and then they would go home, or they would talk about it at, like, school the next day. Like, did you see that episode with, you know, and everything like that? And uh, I I really, like, that was part of my my childhood growing up, you know. Um, I... I always wanted to be like Corey a little bit, you know, I didn't want to be Sean because Sean got himself into too much trouble and it just wasn't who I was. I wanted to be like Corey, you know, the one who tried to stop his friend from getting in trouble to have that friend. I never had that like close friend, like, you know, that, that they had. And, uh, I thought that was an amazing chemistry between, uh, was it, um, uh, Ben Savage and Ryder Strong. I think both of them yep. did amazing. Uh, and they had great chemistry. I don't know how they found them, like how that worked out. I know Fred Savage and Ben Savage, and I know what somehow or another, I think, you know, like he got in the door that way uh, a little bit. But, um, you know, uh, Ryder, I have no idea. He just kind of probably just looked like the cool kid, you know? Um, yeah, he, he you know, had the bad whatever. boy appeal. Which always made me laugh because he wasn't a cool kid. He wasn't the cool kid, like, uh, or at least he was loyal enough to his friend that he never deserted him. But you know, most of the time, that's where it separates. You know, and and that was the one thing I loved about Boy Meets World is that like Sean never separated from Corey. You know, throughout the whole, even to their adulthood. You know, they were still very close yeah. and stuff. So I thought that was great. Um. So, uh, hey, uh, Alfred, you said you watched some clips. Which particular ones did you did you see that you could probably talk about? Um, they had one where they were doing Macbeth. 
they were doing a Shakespeare play and there was a line in there that really struck me as funny and I can't remember it right now, but uh, they're doing the play Macbeth. And then there was one where um, they're having a water pistol fight on the porch and apparently the sister didn't like that, so she called 911. And um, his banter with Mr. Feeney is quite funny. <laughs> that guy, I know I've seen him in other things, but he was quite humorous. And I like the banter oh, that they had. Yeah, he's the voice of Kit on uh, Knight Rider. That's so. right. That, oh my god, that's, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, that's what he's he also was, um, he was John Adams in 1776, was, and that's where they got the name for the school. The movie 1776. Wow, that's amazing. I never I'm, put that, wow, this is awesome. I never put two and two together like that. I did not, I, like, I know John Adams High. And then they yep. kept John Adams High as the name for Girl Meets World, but uh, I think, if I'm correct, they they continued it like it's still the same same place or whatever, which was really funny because it was John Adams High and John Adams Middle School, I guess. You know, it just never changed <laughs> the name, um, which I guess is a TV thing. They can do that, and it doesn't seem weird. Um, well, you could have but, John Quincy Adams and regular John Adams, and that wouldn't be too <laughs> weird. But maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Um, but I do remember that it was uh, that, that 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 the name of the school never changed throughout all. Um, it would have been hilarious if they went to John Adams University or something. You know, he <laughs> <laughs> just could not escape that name when they went to college. Which uh, honestly. Okay, so I want to talk about this for sure. The first, uh, the first season was pretty good. You know, had some great laughs. Um, I remember watching it over and over again. But really, I think it didn't. You know, I didn't. It didn't pick up steam till like two or three. You know, season two or three. And I think that's also because season one's only like twelve episodes because they were just trying it out. And then when it became a big hit. Um, it you know took off and they they were able to to get a you know full uh 22 or 24 episodes per um season now uh you know rick uh would you would you say that like it really started getting a little bit better in the two through like maybe fifth season oh yeah definitely i think um the high school, them entering high school was a big, you know, plot thing in the beginning of the second season. That was good. But I definitely think that seasons three through five were the best of the show. Um, Some of the college stuff, it just got to be like too over the top, which I found annoying Mm -hmm. to some extent. But then there were other aspects, you know, like Eric's character. I love, I love how his character progressed from like, a normal good-looking older brother in the first season to being just like the biggest idiot by mm-hmm. the end of the show. Um, you know, that was probably one of my favorite aspects of the show when they switched that over to him becoming just a dummy for some reason. But I think <laughs> seasons three through five was the peak of the show, you know, writing and just episode wise. 
Oh, I'll, I'll agree, and that's what I, I had down for us to talk about for sure is, uh, is uh, I guess, you know, Eric basically getting dumber each season. And uh, even to the point of, like, in Girl Meets World, he's the dumbest, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah. thinking these, these little girls probably think they're smarter than him and everything. <laughs> it never – like, they, they knew this, you know, when they did it. He, they knew what they were doing. Um, but each each year in the college years, he was like the dumbest character probably ever created, <laughs> um, and I loved it. I thought that was great. Um, that was probably the best part of the college years. Is all of uh, honestly, actually, I think that is my favorite stuff. The college years was all of uh, uh, Will Friedle stuff, um, Eric's uh, stuff is yeah. you know by far him and Matthew Lawrence uh, together are just they have great chemistry. And um, yeah, they were when they moved when they moved in together with that girl Rachel. That was the best part of the show. The last two years was the three of them living together. She's following me on Twitter, by the way. Um, and um, when the day that she like followed me, I just I freaking almost like had a heart attack. You know. So uh, yeah, I'm a huge yeah. She I always loved her on that uh, in the show. I think she's uh. And everybody is uh, amazing on it. But, uh, you know, and honestly, uh, a lot of people, like, were you always rooting for Topanga and Corey to be together, Rick? Yes. You know, you were? I, in, the first, in the first season, it really, that wasn't even a plot premise, if I remember correctly. Like, I think Topanga might have mm-hmm. kissed him and he had a stupid look on his face. But, you know, as they got into high school, I wanted the two of them together. I thought the relationships on the show were excellent, you know, um, Corey and Topanga. But then uh, Sean and Angela's, you know, relationship, oh, yeah. that was a relationship that I wanted to see them together, you know, it, it carried in the Girl Meets World when you find out that they, you know, didn't end up together, spoiler alert. Um, you know, right. it was heartbreaking because their chemistry was so good. And that that was another thing. There's another spoiler alert, but I really didn't like her, uh, like, uh, you know, um, Sean and uh, and Maya's mom. I felt like that was just an excuse to give uh, Sean something to do, you know, or whatever, and be involved. And I felt like that was just a bad excuse because he didn't really get to know the mom, and that was kind of the writing's fault, I felt like, um, because they had so many kind of new characters, and they're trying to bring on all the old characters, and they ended up kind of, I I feel like they ended up screwing it over by trying to do things that, you know, might be interesting, but to me, just fell flat. Um, Now, uh, uh, Alfred, um, so uh, having seen these things that you're watching, like, for the first time, uh, did it basically make you want to watch more of Boy Meets World? I would definitely give it a chance. I mean, if anything, for the nostalgic value of the 90s. <laughs> it definitely has that feel. Like, it definitely, you can tell it's a 90s show. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the characters, I, you know, even, okay, I'm going to go into the writing a little bit. Um the writing of the show in the original first season, two of the guys that wrote There's Something About Mary wrote like a couple episodes or so. 
you know, of the oh, show. Wow. I don't, yeah, they didn't end up doing more, I don't think. I don't think they came on for the second season, but I do remember they wrote one of my favorite episodes of the first season, which was the Rue McClanahan episode with the uh, grandma comes into town or whatever. And, you know, and, and also that episode had Rue McClanahan and Carrie Russell. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, now, um, in the clips I saw the Rue McClanahan thing, and I was going to remark um, about her having a cameo. Like to Rick and Jonathan, a, a question I'm going off script here to pose to y'all. Were there any other cameos in the show that you thought were pretty cool? Uh, Rick, you go. <laughs> well, uh, I've been a wrestling fan since I was a little kid. So um, the wrestler known as Vader played, you know, the <laughs> school, one of the school bullies' dads. And uh, it ended up, I believe Corey and Topanga missed a dance or something happened and ended up dancing in the middle of a wrestling ring thanks to the wrestler, you know, setting it up for him. So that to me was always cool. Uh, and there's definitely some stars that, you know, when the show was on, they might not have been known, but people like Adam Scott and uh, Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks were on that show, um, you know, as young kids. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, that was a I good would go. Show. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks was good, too. Um, I, w- I would say, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I, I love Linda Cardellini, and I love, uh, well, her role, man, she was, <laughs> she, had, she had a role that probably made her look like a monster, because uh, she was trying to, trying to steal uh, Corey away from Topanga, um, yep. and she actually did, you know, she accomplished that, um, but she didn't end up with him, uh, but... The uh, ones I liked, I liked uh, Larissa Olenek had a two or three episode uh, part, and I I really, really, really enjoyed her in it. Um, but I was always a big fan of um, Nickelodeon's Alex Mack, um, so uh, we yeah. had a really big crush on her. And then, uh, what is it, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Has a great cameo. Um, I think it was like right after she had done. Yeah, it was right after she had done. I know what she did last summer, and I think maybe right after she had done Trojan War with Will Friedle, and I think they were dating at the time, so they just wrote her in a part where it was a horror uh, like episode where like it was a murder mystery, and it's one of the only episodes where like I, I don't know if it was a dream or not. I, I, I want to say it wasn't, but like one of the characters uh, actually, I thought died in that episode. No, I think um, I thought it was connected to Sean. Sean made some kind of decision, and he had a dream, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they teased that it was a dream, but then something happened at the end where it was like a corny "is it a dream" kind of thing. Right. Uh, it was weird, um, but like there was like one of the characters that's just not even a. Um, you don't ever see him again, I don't think. He's, you know, a uh, small yeah. character. But he was an actor who was doing stuff at that time. Wasn't a, um, like, just a no-name actor. Um, I forgot who it was, necessarily. But um, he uh, he ended up, um, you know, uh, dying in it. And I just thought that was so strange. 
that you know that ABC would have an episode where a character actually died. You know, shows how kind of edgy the show actually kind of was. Um, and then let's see, who else is a great cameo? Um, I mean, I liked Vader, but uh, any other special? Well, there guests? were the monkeys. The monkeys were in it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, one of the monkeys was uh, Topanga's dad, right? One of them was Topanga's dad, and all three of them played in a yep. episode. I had watched that recently, and uh, it was awesome just to see all of them come up and, you know, like you could hear the audience clapping and getting excited because they were going to get to see the monkeys perform again. Uh, not, you know, the actual monkeys, but they all played characters, and uh, they did it, so... Yeah, those are some of the greatest cameos, I think. Um, there were a bunch because it became a popular show and uh, almost everybody mm-hmm. kind of wanted to come on and, and, and do a guest spot on it. Um, it's funny you now, mentioned yeah. the monkeys because I remember Davy Jones being in an episode of The Brady Bunch that was in the 60s. <laughs> so you're 30 years later, they're still popping up in, in shows. I think that's pretty amazing. All right. They, yeah, and they're and very just, funny. Just to know real quick, we got five minutes till seven. Our live feed will cut off at seven, but join us for the final 15 on, online on the recorded version of the podcast. And and Rick, um, just wanted to put a shout out. My dad was born in Germantown in Philadelphia. So, All right, all right. The Philadelphia blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Al- Alfred, do you have any? Other, yeah, well, Alfred, do you have any other questions? Since you 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 haven't really seen the show, but you probably want to know a little bit more about it. Is there anything that like you would think to ask that we might know the answer to? Like, um, obviously, it morphed over the years, and they started to have like. Like the the gang members seem like interesting characters, and they look relatively familiar. Like I'd seen them in other shows, the Fonzie looking guy, and then the heavy set guy. Um, what was some of the thing, the catalyst for bringing those characters in? Uh, and, what do you, and what do you say, Migration of, of Mr. Feeney from teacher to principal. Uh, I mean, to to answer the bully question, I think a lot of that, uh, you know, the first bully, Harley or Harvey, depending on if he was drawn by his real name or his, you know, bully name, that came in, I think that was only the first, like, year or two they were in high school. And I think it was just to make, you know, high school look like a scary place. Um, But the big guy who played, you know, his one of his henchmen, if you would, was uh, Ethan Supley, who's been in uh, he's been in a bunch of movies. He was in uh, Mallrats, the sailboat scene in Mallrats, to go back to Kevin Smith. Uh, right he was chasing me. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering where I knew him from, Rick. Thank you for pointing that out, because it was just bugging me. <laughs> And then after Harvey, I think, got suspended or expelled, uh, Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation took over as the new head bully. Okay. 
So, right. but that, I think the bully thing only lasted like that was maybe the first, the first season they were in high school, and then that kind of faded away, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. What was the um, what was the decline of the show? Do you think it was viewership, or it just ran its course, or? or in, what was like the follow-on to it, and did they have any? You think there's going to be a potential? Netflix is bringing back Full House. Do you think they could ever do something like Boy Returns to World or something? Well, I think they, they did they that with did Girl that. Meets World. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They created Girl Meets World before. I believe I don't know if it was before Full House or after. But um, I think it was. I think it was right around the same time. Yeah. So those two shows got their own reunion show, and I know they have talked about a step-by-step show before or whatever. But like nobody, not like all the cast to come back, you know, or whatever. Or a lot of them have kind of just moved on from that show. So, um, but I I would say I just looked it up uh, here. Girl Meets World was two years before Fuller House. Wow. So they were the trendsetter right there. And I think that's yep. what uh, made, um, you know, made Fuller House interested in actually coming on because they saw that there was interest in having a reunion show of a TGIF uh, show. So, um, but yeah, so they did that. Um, as to, to, to go back to what you were saying about the bully, uh, stuff is uh, what I liked about the relationship between the bullies uh, was that um, you know they had their core guy they had um, uh, they had Har- Harley or as you said Harvey which reminded me of Danielle Harris uh, uh, Danielle Harris who also did a great cameo uh, in it uh, as uh, a sister uh, Teresa yeah. and um and uh basically um the 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 relationship between the uh the, the basically uh, harley uh I, I don't know what happened exactly because the guy who plays Harley has never acted in anything but boy meets world and including coming back to to play the um uh janitor and girl meets world you know uh showing <laughs> which I thought was pretty. That was that was pretty harsh, man. I mean, I understand like he was kind of like he he didn't really graduate from high school and stuff like that. But to make him the janitor was pretty pretty low. I felt, um, you know, like uh, it just would have been cooler if he was like a lawyer or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he got his shit together and and you know became a became a lawyer. I would have I would have liked to have seen that. You know what I mean? But um, I guess that's not. Yeah, that that wouldn't be what they think that everybody's up to. Um, but yeah, so uh, the relationship between uh, Harley Harley ends up leaving for a little bit, and they even have a scene, I guess, an episode where Harley comes back and sees Griff, which is Adam Scott's character, and they end up um, getting into it together. So. Uh, you know, they don't fight or anything, but Harley wants to get crap out of Griff, and Griff's not a violent person. He's a talker. You know, he gets himself out of trouble with talking, you know, and stuff. Uh, so it, 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 like, shifted 
in like season three, I think it was like they kind of shifted gears and they got rid of Harley and they brought in uh, Griff. And I like okay. that. It was like season three or four, something like that. You know, I. Oh, Rick. I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask Rick, what what do you think is the enduring nature of the show to cause it to still have a following to this day? I mean, there are shows I like to follow, and then what is it the nostalgia, the impact, or it's just still darn good television? I mean, for me, it was just, you know, I felt like Full House was, was too kind of over the top at times. It was kind of a, a, a ridiculous situation to a to an effect like a dad and his two, you know, quote unquote uncles with the three girls. This was a, a, a kid and his best friend and his family that, you know, he had a brother and sister and a mom and dad. And they just, you know, it wasn't always, you know, happy plot lines. They had the real stuff. And I just think it was it was well written, you know, like a lot of shows that switched, you know, show creators and show writers. Michael Jacobs was on board with April Kelly the entire time. And I just feel like it was, you know, I still quote Boy Meets World things to, to my friends now. And it's, you know, 20, 20 plus years removed. Um, you know, I just think it was a funny, good show that had heart. And also taught a lesson without being, you know, too quote unquote preachy. You know, the Mr. Feeney character, I have a t-shirt that I own that says everything I learned in life, I learned from Mr. Feeney. He was always that, you know, the person they went to when they needed help. I mean, their parents were there too, but he was that mentor, um, which, you know, to jump a little bit, one of my favorite episodes, the final episode, uh, they all go back to their quote-unquote elementary school classroom, and it's Sean, Topanga, Corey, and Eric. And, uh, you know, they're sitting in classroom, and Mr. Feeney's there, and he's like, what? What do you guys want? And he goes, we want you to teach us. And he pretty much tells them that they've learned and they're ready to, you know, take on the world. And Corey makes a joke, boy meets world. I get it now because it was a boy experiencing and turning into a man. And that's why I think the show ran for the span of him from middle school to college when he was, you know, a boy to an adult, essentially. And I think it lasted the perfect amount of time. Cool. Yeah. um, I know ran its course and then it just kind of kept going and going and it just kind of jumped the shark and ran out of steam. So, I think it's pretty cool when shows know it's time to end. Well, Good point. Um, and, and I'll, I'll just say that um, I think the show, um, I don't think the show show ever jumped the shark for this show, but I think like, you know, it, it did struggle, um, you know, rewatching some of these episodes, like some of, um, you know, the, the later seasons, like the college years, um, it, it it didn't have the same feel necessarily as uh, Rick stated before. It, it felt more like over the top and too weird and too they were trying something new. And I and I, I feel that that was the change in the comedy that people were were doing now. They weren't doing the same comedy that Boy Meets World brought. 
and everything originally. Absolutely. So, and I think like Girl Meets World is a culmination of exactly that. It's like as if Boy Meets World had existed for so long, what would be the, how would it be these days, right? And, um, you know, it's funny because looking back at that, the Disney has changed. Like uh, Hannah Montana was probably the closest to a TV, like a TGIF show that uh, Disney ever had. After that, every TV, every show that Disney ever uh, really put out, you know, was was just not nearly as good. So when they did Girl Meets World, I was a little worried because I felt yeah. like it, you know, might have that Disney feel, and it kind of did. I feel like the show was had its chance, and it did three seasons, and that's great, you know. Um, that's a lot, and that's a lot more than um, I feel like it almost could have, you know, could have had because I don't, I don't know if it really had the uh, same, you know, thing that like Boy Meets World had. Um, but anyway, what, what, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on Girl Meets World? I mean, basically, what you said, I totally agree with. I think if that show was on ABC or a major network it probably would have lasted maybe two seasons because of the nostalgia of the first season. It would have had good viewership, but it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. I, I get what they were trying to do and maybe we look at it a different way. I think it was cool that it was, you know, the focus was on girls, if you will, this time and, you know, a girl power movement sort of thing. Um, and had the boy characters too, but they were essentially the side characters on the show. It was, you oh know, God. Farkle. The two, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, shout Worst out to Minkus. <laughs> Minkus was Minkus a very was important part of the show for the season. <laughs> yeah. But Minkus but was I, great. I, you know, and... Oh, go ahead. No, I was, what I was just trying to say is I would much rather go back and watch episodes of Boy Meets World or go on YouTube and Google, you know, or enter in some of my favorite bits, if you will. Uh, the Feeney Call, obviously. Uh, Alfred, if you don't know what the Feeney Call is, as soon as this is over, go on YouTube, search Feeney Call and uh, Eric. And it's, you know, that was one of my favorite parts of the show and how it, okay, you know, changed <laughs> over time. But I would much rather watch Boy Meets World than Girl Meets World. It was just, it wasn't the same show. There is a video on YouTube uh, just says Feeny Call, right? Just the Feeny Call or something. And okay. it's got, uh, I think it was it was from the last um, episode or whatever, where they were basically showing all the different, you know, Feeny Calls. And, and basically it's Eric just saying Feeny, but all his different ways that he oh, yeah. calls for Feeny when, you know, and everything. It's hilarious. And um, oh, and uh, we we didn't mention the thing about the him going from teacher to principal because technically he still was a teacher, which drove me nuts. Um, continuity yeah. there almost felt like it was like what principal comes in and becomes a teacher? Like no, that doesn't happen. Uh, that, that's the other thing about Billy Madison is like the principal and and the school and Billy Madison comes in and is a substitute teacher. Like, are they really that poor yeah. of a, of a 
it just <laughs> stuff like that doesn't make sense at all to me. And I, it's just, I don't even know why they do these things. Like people should know better, you know, uh, maybe they think it's funny. I don't know, but, but it was weird because he did teach classes when he was a principal. So the continuity a little bit kind of went off at times and it was confusing. Um, but you know, it, can, can I ask you is... a question, Jonathan? Sure. What out of all Boy Meets World, did you have a favorite quote or a scene over the entire series? Goodness gracious! Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's funny as far as like funny scenes and funny stuff. I, I'm not sure because a lot of it, uh, there's so much. You know, like I could, yeah. uh, obviously, I, I think almost any line from retarded Eric, you know, and stuff, oh, yeah. um, you know, all of those lines are hilarious, especially like, oh, we forgot to mention Melissa Joan Hart played a, uh, had a, had a cameo as Sabrina um, and, and, yep. and the thing, and in an episode with Can- Candace Cameron Bure playing a witch. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> Great cameos, just like they they knew how to how to get guests in there. I don't know. I I would say um, I I would say one of my favorite scenes, honestly, is their portrayal of uh, alcohol abuse. Um, there's a scene, there's an episode where they get too drunk and and uh, and uh, and Ryder Strong, you know, Sean wants to keep drinking and stuff like that, and it's just it was really emotional and really got me going. I love that, like that episode. I don't know why, but that always tugs at my heartstrings. So, um, what about you, Rick? Well, two that stick out in my head. One being Eric. It's an episode where he decides he wants to uh, subscribe to a magazine from every letter of the alphabet to win Publishers Clearinghouse. And for the letter C, he subscribes to a magazine named Chester. But he said it's for guys named Chester, so he had to change his name. So that always stuck out in my head as something so stupid, but it was funny. And then my favorite all-time scene, I think it was when they were in college, and Topanga and Sean are sitting on the couch, and there's a blanket over them. And Corey comes in and pulls off the blanket, and Sean's in his underwear, and he goes, underpants. And if you YouTube that, it's all over YouTube. But that is... That sticks out in my head is probably one of my favorite moments of the show. And a lot of the heartfelt stuff was good too, but you know, those two things. And then oh. the last episode at the very end, when Mr. Feeney says, I love you all class dismissed. And the screen goes to black. Like just saying that I get goosebumps. That's how the show ends. Um, I, I, you made me remind me of uh, one of my other favorite lines, and they brought it back too. With uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Corey says it at first as tacos. You know, he's talking about eating tacos, and then uh, with Eric, Eric does it later. Is he's with a girl that's uh, like that's just he's dating a girl that's just like Matthew, uh, Matthew Lawrence's character, and Matthew Lawrence is dating a character that's just like. Will, Will Fredell's character, and the two two of them are diagonal to each other. Go taco! <laughs> it was just, I don't know. You have to see it. You have to look up Boy Meets World Taco. You will laugh your ass off. It is so funny. All right. Well, it is time okay. to end, unfortunately, because it is two minutes till. 
Um, thank you so Ooh. much, Rick, for coming on tonight. And um, and definitely, everybody, go check out Down to Movie, which is his uh, YouTube channel. Um, and you know, give him a sub. Uh, check him out. Uh, he talks about uh, DVDs and collections and stuff that he's got. Blu-rays, Blu-rays. I'm sorry, no DVDs, Blu-ray. but Blu-ray. I was gonna say Blu-ray, oh. Blu-ray snob. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Rick. Thanks for having yes, me, guys. Yes, thank you. And remember, Rick, yeah. to open a book. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much. And, I was watching was the that? clips and the show. Real quick, Afini kept telling this, this one guy to keep open a book, open a book, open a book. <laughs> you did that. I remember that. So I guess next week when we have Donnie back and we're going to be talking about Stanley Kubrick movies, but Lisa is coming back on. So thank you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and tune in next week. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye, Rick. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye, Jonathan.